athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. No. All my life. We're jam-packed today here on Box to Row. We're going to kick things off in a couple of moments. Going to be joined by North Carolina Central head softball coach Kat Tarvin as the Eagles win their first ever MEAC tournament championship, their reward to play in the Athens tournament or at the University of Georgia. So Kat Tarvin going to join us on the program. Joining us a little bit later on today here on Botch to Row, we're going to talk some baseball. Jose Vasquez, the head baseball coach at Alabama State, going to join us on the show. And actor Woody McClain, he plays the role of Kane in Power Book 2 Ghost. Also going to join us today here on the program Hit us up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, if you want to be part of the conversation. Again, we've got a jam-packed show for you today here on box to row We're going to keep things moving here on box to row Let's talk a little softball. We're going to take things to Durham, North Carolina. We're going to say hello to the head, the head softball coach at North Carolina Central, Kat Tarvin, in her third season. The, the Eagles winning the MEAC Tournament Championship for the very first time. And as a matter of fact, Coach Tarvin named the most outstanding coach and named the MEAC Coach of the Year for the regular season as she joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Tarvin, congratulations. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, your thoughts. I mean, it was really the second, cha- the, the, well, it was the championship game, but it was the second championship game, if you will, the uh, victory over Coppin State 6-2. Your thoughts on your team's performance and the victory. Oh, man, they definitely answered that entire week. And not just, uh, not just the conference tournament or not just, uh, excuse me, not just the, the championship game, but the entire week um, we came out with a plan of taking it one game at a time, and we did just that. Um, we were basically first seed in the tournament the entire time to where it put us in a place where we somebody had to beat us twice, and Coppin was not able to do that. So we won. We won that champion. Yeah, you beat them. <laughs> you beat them three times, but not only that, three times in a row. That that rarely happens um, in in a in a tournament. Uh, so speak to speak to that, but but losing having to be in the position to win that second game, but losing that close game, um, 65, which is the, was the second game you all played. Yes. Yeah, so um, we kind of lost a little bit of focus after, obviously, we had uh, four other games that came before that. But we, we just lost a little focus. And 
got right back to it. So we were capable of, of finishing. Um, we went back out into the huddle and just kind of had a conversation about we've been there before. We've had a lot of uh, rough patches throughout the season, and we knew how to answer. And that was – they did exactly that. They came out with the energy. They came out on fire, hitting um, Takia's home run in the second inning. I think kind of set the tone for the bats, and then pitching came right along with it. Ashanti Eubanks did an amazing job pitching um, and kept them off balance the entire time to get the championship. And then Jaden Davis, who's a, who's a pitcher for you, she pitched two complete games, victories, and got victories in the tournament. She also batted three thirty three, including three extra base hits, and which also included um, a home run. Speak to how key she was throughout this tournament. Oh, yeah. No, Jaden Davis um, hadn't been in the lineup really much uh, much all of the season, but she she was a key component to be able to help us uh, get to the point that we were. Um, her bat turned on. Her bat was on fire for the entire tournament. Um, Pitching-wise, she was definitely focused and doing her thing the entire time. So, yeah, she did, she did an amazing job um, and obviously it brought us out on top. Kat Tarvin in her third season as the – Head softball coach at North Carolina Central joins us here on Box to Row. The Eagles, MEAC Tournament champions, going to play in the Georgia Regional to start things off uh, this weekend. Um, can you speak to, and again, I say third season because you're in an interim season going back to 2021. You're trying to build a program. Boy, mm-hmm. speak to, you lost your first 13 games. Can you speak to how challenging that may have been been and what sort of led um, maybe to the turnaround in the season yeah so it's not a, it's not always about how you start um, in the beginning obviously our our schedule is pretty hard I do that on purpose um, make sure that we are planning a pretty tough schedule uh, we play all the people right around us the Dukes the UNC's NC State so on and so forth um, so we do it on purpose uh, for one we we see some adversity early on but we're able to fight through it um, one of the wins that we had against NC State was an amazing win. Um, it was something that kind of gave us that confidence to be able to know that we're capable of, of beating anyone. Um, and so even though, yes, we had 13 losses, um, there were a lot of close games, we, we were still able to, to come out with a victory at the end. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of close games. I mean, you look at it. I mean, Campbell's got a really good program. Yeah, um, they their first. They won their uh, conference as well. So, yeah. yes, they did. Yeah, you definitely had some some tough uh, you know some tough games um, early on. Um, speak to some of the differences maybe between last year um, and, and this year. Obviously, you were able to to uh, to to win the tournament this season. Yeah, so um, I would say really the only differences is I would say growth. Um, so with the people that were there that were from last year's team, um, they were the majority of them were freshmen or underclassmen, and now they're sophomores and juniors. Um, so they were able to grow mentally and grow physically. Um, and then also the freshmen that we brought in, um, Takia Nichols, Nyla Rogers, and Makaya Graves, uh, they have been epic throughout this entire season. Um, Makaya stepped in as a walk-on. Um, she stepped in as our shortstop for the entire season. Uh, we had... Haley Batista, who's normally our starting catcher, she went down early on in the season. And um, Nyla Rogers, who has never caught a game before in her entire life, um, stepped in as a freshman catcher and um, really has caught pretty much every every game for us since since 
Haley Batista has gone down. Um, Takia Nichols is a bat in itself. Um, and Makaya Graves and Takia Nichols were kind of battling for uh, the top spot, basically, for Rookie of the Year. Um, so it's always good to have freshmen that can come in and start and set the tone as well as, you know, having people that have already been here part of the program and know exactly the culture and know what, what we're expecting of them. Kat Tarvin in her third season as the head softball coach at North Carolina Central joins us here on the program. Coach Tarvin, what does it mean to you to win the first ever MEAC softball championship for North Carolina in North Carolina Central's uh, short uh, history in the MEAC? Yeah, um, it's a dream come true. I mean, We've worked for it. Uh, the entire coaching staff has been working extremely hard. I would say uh, Jamie Hoover has had a whole lot of one-on-ones with the girls. Um, Coach Macon works with the catchers, so she was able to get Nyla, somebody who's never caught before, ready um, to be able. But just the first one is absolutely amazing. It's one of many. Um, I tell my brother all the time that I'm building a dynasty here, and uh, we want to make sure that we're – getting better every year every single time we step on the field um that the freshmen that come know that that's what that's what's expected of them um that's what they hear in their recruiting field so so we definitely um I mean it's one of many yeah as a young coach how do you feel like you're growing now as the head coach uh, at NCCU yeah I would say um just taking every day you know one step at a time, understanding that personalities are different um the the kids i say kids but the the girls are different um and not always being able to i i don't i change my ways sometimes like it, i can't do any anything the exact same um I try to learn every day as i'm going and and yeah it's a it's a learning experience couple of more thoughts with cat Tarvin the Softball coach at North Carolina Central who joins us here in the program. So, Georgia, this weekend your first uh, game is in Athens, uh, Georgia. A couple uh, what Virginia Tech. Um, I think Boston is also part of this um, mm-hmm. this regional. J- just your thoughts um, on, on on Georgia and then the overall uh, teams in the region. Um, so, thoughts on Georgia. Georgia is home. Um, I have been to Athens Stadium, a Jack Tar Stadium, a million and one times, uh, whether that was the first softball camp that I ever attended myself or um, whether I was, I was once upon a time being recruited by UGA. Um, so, it is definitely home. It's exciting to go home. I think the girls can feel the excitement. Myself and Coach Hoover are both from Georgia. Um, she has a little more animosity because she is from University of Florida, so the Georgia-Florida thing is real. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I, I'm beyond excited to be able to go home um, with the team that, you know, and play in front of everybody, play really at, in Athens. It's going to be an exciting time. Again, Kat Tarvin, the head softball coach at the uh, North Carolina Central, that is, in her third Season joins us here on Box to Row, was named MEAC Coach of the Year, was named MEAC Tournament Outstanding Coach. The Eagles in the Georgia Regional going to take on Georgia this weekend. Coach Tarvin, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Eagles. Yes, thank you so much. North Carolina Central head softball coach Kat Tarvin joining us here on the program to talk about the Eagles prospect in Athens, Georgia. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back. Actually, still to come on the program 
Alabama State head baseball coach Jose Vasquez. Also still to come here on Box to Row, actor Woody McClain. He plays the role of Kane in Power Book 2, Ghost. He was part of the FAMU Marching 100, and he'll discuss all of that still to come. Keep it locked right here to Box to Row. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-425-6588-800-425-6588-800-425-6588 That's 800-425-6588 On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware Clay Thompson doesn't make all NBA Lost a boatload of money Other guys could possibly lose money Because they didn't make all NBA I guess I don't mind It says here the picks were made by a panel Of a hundred reporters and broadcasters Who cover the NBA Which is fine Like I have no problem with that I'm just, I'm just saying there's got to be a better way than tying somebody's salary to whether you make all NBA based upon what the media chooses. Like, I don't like that. I'm not with that at all. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Let's talk a little baseball here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman who is in his seventh season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State. The Hornets are looking for 40 wins this season on the road for the last series of the regular season against Florida A&M. Jose Vasquez joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Vasquez, what's going on? 
What's going on? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Always, always good to have you. You've wrapped up the SWAC's Eastern Division and uh, in looking for 40 wins uh, this season. So your thoughts on the way your team has played so far this season? Uh, just, you know, very happy. Needless to say, very happy with the way that the guys have competed. We uh, were able to uh, to win the division last um, last uh, uh, Sunday with a sweep of, of Alabama a and and uh, one of the the goals that we set out to do at the beginning of the year, so we were able to to accomplish that, and, and we're excited to to finish and hopefully finish strong and, and go from there. Even though you've already wrapped up the division, do you how do you approach this game? Do you approach it like a regular SWAC uh, series, or do you look more towards the SWAC tournament? No, we're we're focusing on the day by day. So we're going to focus on on this weekend. Uh, for us, every game from now on is extremely, you know, meaningful, and and we want to continue to concentrate on just playing good baseball, and and that's really what we have done all year. We want to, you know, we are taking day by day. We were competed, and and that's what I tell the guys to focus on, on the present, and uh, that's the way that we're going to approach this weekend. We're going to compete and and uh and be a good game, and then, but we're not not too many changes. I don't think it's the time to to go through too many changes or to to bring too many new things to, to what has been working so far. So we're just going to keep it the same, try to keep that energy going, and, and hopefully just, like I said, show up and play good baseball. What would it mean to get to – and you've been receiving some votes in the in the top 25 poll. Uh, what would it mean to get to 40 wins this season? Well, um, you know what? It's something that uh, I've been doing this for 20, 21 years. Uh, will be something that uh, – as of right now, we have ne- I have never whether when I was an assistant or or as a head coach something that we have not accomplished. You know, in my in my career, I think that it would be something definitely special uh, with a special group. You know, it would be it would have a, a great meaning to to you know my career, I believe, and and uh, you know we're definitely going to try to give it a shot. I think we just uh, when you when you got a good club and. and and you're winning. You want to continue to win. You you don't really want to ever get tired of winning ball games. So uh, that's what we're preaching. And you know we're we're close to to accomplishing that goal. And believe it or not, we talked about it prior to the season starting. And uh, you know we we felt that if we play good, we can put ourselves in position to to accomplish that. But I think it, it will be in the the world to you know to me, to my coaching staff, and I think to our to our university. I think it's something that is it's something like like I said is that we would be really proud of uh, when it's all said and done. Jose Vasquez, seventh season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Vasquez, a winning record in terms of non-conference play. And you, you, that may have happened uh, with one of your previous six programs. I, I don't remember. But any time that can happen, you know, that's a great thing. What does that mean to you? Well, it means about it means a lot because it means we play consistent uh, baseball uh, throughout the year. You know, we put a, a pretty tough schedule, as you know, and for us to to be able to come out with that same intensity during those midweek games and early in the year with on the weekends that we have uh, non-conference opponents, I think that is something that that uh, it says a lot about our program. It says a lot about the the guys and the concentration level on every game. Um, you know, once again, as a head coach and as a staff, we're very proud of what they have accomplished. You know, uh, th- those midweek games, as uh, as we preach from the beginning, they are as important 
and I don't want to ever just be the coach that concentrates on on just winning uh, in the conference. We do know that that those games are important, but I want to approach every game and every time that we step on the field. You know, we're playing for something, and once again, being able to do that this year is uh, is very impressive, and I think it shows the the quality of of a ball club that we have and how competitive we have been, and and. Uh, above all, the mindset of of our players to be able to once again show up and and knowing that the expectation for us is to win every time that we that we put that uniform on and represent our university. Yeah, some big wins. I think it's important to note that the thirteen and twelve record uh, is against all D one programs, which I think is very important to note as well. Shows you you know you guys have had a really really good season and again receive, receiving some votes in the top 25 next week. I, I know you've got the, I got it. Like I got it. You got the, you got the, the weekend series against Florida A&M, but how, how are you approaching next week's SWAC tournament? Because as you know, anybody, and literally anybody, you can have the best regular season. And we've seen that happen many times, even with your programs over six years. And then it not happened in the SWAC tournament just shows the parody when you get to the SWAC tournament. So how do you approach trying to win a SWAC tournament championship for the second year in a row? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, it's one of those things that everything that we have done throughout the regular season, and, uh, and I don't say this in a bad way, but it really is it's meaningless, you know, when it comes to that, to next week starting on Wednesday. So we're not talking about not only whether you have had a, a just an okay season as a, as a player, and you can't, you know, you, that doesn't carry to, to the tournament. It's, a, it's almost like everybody starts at zero. And that's why the tournaments have been so, uh, you know, uh, even, if you want to, you know, say it that way. And everybody goes in there with, with the mentality and the opportunity to to come out of there with a championship. So, you know, for us, we, we're going to obviously, um, I got a, two different things that I have in my mind, which is, Let's just do what we have done, you know, and let's just play with that same energy, the same passion, and the same uh, approach as far as, like, you know, let's go to work. But at the same time, you do have to make them understand that that uh, there's not a, you know, uh, it's not the same baseball, even though you're playing the game, but everybody's going to come after you. Uh, once again, everybody is a, at a 0-0 record, and, and you have to just uh, compete and hopefully win and survive and just move on to the next game. At the end of the day, the most important thing is is to win. You know, whether you play that game, you play a good game that game. But if you end up winning, you know, you can't concentrate on too many things. Oh, we need to fix this, we need to fix that. We just got to, you know, you just, once you, you get it done and you're able to come out of there with a win, you just move on to the next one and and uh, try to survive and, and, and stay on the winner's bracket, you know, and, and hopefully uh, accomplish that goal, which is to win the, the tournament championship. So, you know, we're, we're going to, we're excited. We're going to go at it and and, uh, and give it our, our best shot. And once again, you you carry a little bit of the momentum of what has happened during the regular season. But at the same time, it's, it's you know everybody's starting fresh, and and we do we do know that. And and hopefully our guys can understand that as soon as we step and get there to to the Atlanta area. Jose Vasquez again in his seventh season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State joins us here. On the program, your your personnel. Let's start there with the offense. Your thoughts. I mean, Randy Flores hitting three fifty six for you, uh, hitting what uh, five sixty in terms of slugging percentage. He's doing it all. Just a great player, man. Just a great player. Just a, 
a great individual, first of all, hardworking young man, um, dynamic, extremely athletic. Uh, we're very happy to for him to be a part of our program. A winner, you know, a guy that has definitely given us uh, uh, everything that he has, every game that he plays so far. And uh, I don't have enough good things to say about it. My goodness, it's just, uh, you know, lead-up hitter that, that – finds a way to get on base, and when he's on base, you know, he, he's a dynamic player that can uh, make a single into a triple just like that, mm-hmm. and, and I think everybody feeds off that energy and the athleticism that he brings to, to, to each game. I would assume your ace is Ricardo Rivera. I mean, he's, he hasn't lost a game this year. He's 9-0 and well, on the season. It's actually, no, it's, it's actually Omar Melendez. Omar okay. Melendez is uh, – yeah, he's he's leading the the nation in wins right now. He's eleven and zero. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, also yeah. with Ricardo right there, Ricardo's nine and zero. Our our starting pitching and our weekend guys have done an outstanding job. So I mean, not to just not just Omar, but Ricardo and then Shadai, which is you know started in the um, I would say half halfway through the season, we we you know made him a weekend starter and. and those guys, all all they're doing is competing, man. When they, when you go out there, they want to win their winners, and they're going out there and they want the baseball, and they're giving our team a chance and our offense to a chance to score some runs. And and uh, you know the guys are are competing well behind them, and they understand that throwing strikes and and uh, locating obviously at least more than one pitch for a strike is is the key for us to to be able to keep the other team off balance. But you know those three guys have been outstanding for us, and and you know what. Hopefully they can continue to to do that and give us a chance when they get the baseball. Yeah, Omar Melendez, an ERA of 2.67. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Last thought, seven years in, um, how have you grown as a, as a head coach? Well, you know, I grow, uh, I would say daily. You know, there's some things that that, uh, that happen that allow mm-hmm. me to, to understand and see uh, the vision that I have uh, along with how do I – communicate that with the players uh you know i think uh as a staff you know having a great staff and, and having good people around me those are people that i listen to and, and it's always good to not only go with your your view of things but also listen to other people and and um you know put all those thoughts together and the end of the day just pushing towards the same common goal and that's one thing that we have going on you know with my staff and and uh they work hard they want to win and yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I have to make some decisions. I had to go with my gut feeling, but uh, I, I listen to my coaches quite a bit, and they're uh, a huge reason why we are in the situation that we that we're in. And once again, they, I'm just blessed and happy to have them. And you know, I change every day, and 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 well, I believe that is for for a good reason. And I just kind of self evaluate myself and 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 go from there. But it's uh, it's been a it's been a blast, and it's working. You know, the recruiting, the way that that we are hopefully being an impactful, you know, in this young man's life. Uh, when you see all of that, you know, have, like when you see the fruit of that, it's, it's, it's rewarding. And, and obviously uh, at times you got to sit back and and uh, relax a little bit as far as to let them play. You know, you, you get them ready, you get them here, you get them ready, you prepare them. And uh, they're the ones that go out there and compete. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of something like that. Jose Vasquez, again, in his seventh season as the head baseball coach at Alabama State, joins us here on Box to Row. The Hornets looking for 40 wins this season, a weekend series against Florida A&M. Already have wrapped up the SWAC's Eastern Division. Coach Vasquez, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure 
to be on your show, and um, thank you for everything that you do for, for college baseball. Jose Vasquez of Alabama State up next. Actor Woody McClain joins us after this small pause for the cause. This is Box to Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. And that's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest stage of them all and, and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in FAM just because I wanted to major in business. And FAM, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State. I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because he was against his religion. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still View Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. We're going to keep things moving here on box to row and radio boss joined by a young man. One of the hottest shows on Television, as a matter of fact, Power Book to Ghost, one of the stars uh, of that. And you've also seen him in the New Edition story and many other things. We're going to talk more about that. He plays Lorenzo Hada Jr. He is Woody McClain. He joins us here and Radio Boss. What's going on, Woody? What's going on, man? Of course, the season finale is next Friday, but everybody can check out uh, the show uh, beginning on Fridays. Uh, on stars um man your thoughts and kane is like kane is a soldier to the fullest like i love i think the most of all the characters i love the character you play as kane the most tell us i know but tell us about about kane well i mean kane is just a product of his of his environment you know kane is he comes from broken love so so that's all kane knows right now and throughout this whole entire journey of Kane and his art, I think the audience is going to be able to see Kane growing as a man and trying to become his own. Cause right now he's just been doing what his parents have, have been teaching him, you know? And I read this, uh, Oh my God, it's an amazing book. Um, Oh my God. Thoughts of the superior man. Okay. Am I saying it right? Um, but they, they talk about your upbringings and how certain things, you know what I mean? You've, you've experienced as a kid, can affect you in your adulthood. So I feel like Kane is just all of that. Everything that his parents have been feeding him as a youngin is what he's is what he's giving them right now. So it's just it's just been an amazing journey. And he, with the original power, like you knew there was a following uh, with that. How much did you follow that? And um, you know, kind of speak to the following that Power Book Two Ghost has. Man, the original power was it was everything because I never seen anything like that. You know, seeing this successful black man, uh, beautiful job by Omari Hardwick, uh, playing ghosts at this club. You know what I mean? Looking over the balcony, I'm like, this dude is a boss. Like, you know what I mean? This is his club. Right. Like, that's what I want to be. And then until he goes into the back of the club and he knocks the dude out, shoots him, I'm like, this is crazy. I thought I wanted to be ghost, but I don't want to be ghost. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I, I just thought it was a great experience. I think Power did a, I don't know what they did back then, but it, it felt like an experience. You know what I mean? 
And shout out to Courtney and, and 50 Cent and Mark Canton and to everybody at Lionsgate and Stars that put that together. How did this, how, how were you able to get this role? Like, I mean, again, probably my favorite character. How did you get mm -hmm. this role? Audition, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm still, uh, I got to audition. I'm not, I'm not the, the guy that's like, yeah, they just called my phone, you know? Nah, I'm out here putting blood, sweat, and tears into it. So I was able to go through the audition process, um, and I was able to be in person with Courtney and Anthony, Anthony Hemingway, uh, that directed our pilot episode, and was able just to bounce off and feel the energy. And after that, that uh that audition i felt like i had the role i felt like i had it man it was just one of those feelings like you know you know when you crushed it or you just feel good about something yes and that was one of those moments you know it's interesting how much is is in some respects not all the respects but some respects is woody like kane oh yeah none man this is <laughs> that's, what, that's what's so dope about acting it's like i can i can put on the skin and be anybody i want you know what i mean like I love what Daniel Day-Lewis does. Like, he's anybody, you know what I mean? But we still see him as Daniel Day-Lewis. So that's, that's those are kind of the the things that I'm into and, and, and what I'm doing. But none of, none of it is Kane for me. Like, none of me is Kane. But I've been able to portray a guy that I know in real life. Like, I know some people that are like Kane's, and we're able to have conversation, and they're able to help me you know what I mean? Portray the character in a real life. That the voice of Woody McClain. Check him out each and every. Well, actually, this week and then next week is the finale of Power Book Two Ghost. He plays the role of Kane. He joins us here on Box to Row and Radio Boss. How much for you as it really second year with the role, and, and there'll there'll be a, a, a season three creative. Third, it's third. They, they're this is the third season. Yeah, third season. Okay. Yep. It. How much for you creatively do you have in terms of of this role? Uh, man, the writer and showrunners have been very open with us putting input into the characters, you know. But at the end of the day, the writers and the showrunner they have a vision for it. So my thing is, I just like to bring that vision to life. I don't really do too many, you know what I mean? Like, what if da da da? Like, nah. I feel like they've. They've crafted a very great story, so now it's my job to take that vehicle and and drive it home. So I, I thrive myself on making whatever they create really, really come to life. And speak about what what a, what a cast. I mean, speak about working with this uh, with this dynamic cast. Oh my God! Oh my God! A beautiful cast from Berto to to Mary to Lavelle to Latoya. My family, my Tejada family. They they've have been so amazing. Um, We've really become a family, you know, especially with my siblings, Latoya and Lavelle. We're always having great conversations, even when the cameras are not rolling. We're just always trying to figure out, you know, we're always talking and figuring out how can we level up as better people, as better human. Like that, those are the conversations we're having. And I, I've really appreciated them a lot. This, this whole process has helped me be able to communicate a lot better. You know, that's that was never my thing. I was like the background guy. I didn't have to really talk a lot. But now being an actor, you got to do interviews. You got to talk. You got to be outspoken and all these things. But they have really helped me with with a lot of that. Yeah, because originally you were you were slash or a dancer, correct? Yeah, dancer. Yeah, we didn't have to talk. You know what I mean? All we did was stand back there and dance. But now it's like you got to have these conversations. You got to have 
We got to be in the front. You know, I knew you were a fam you guy, right? But I didn't know you were part of the Marching 100. Which Marching is, 100. Shout out to the 100. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's big time, man. T speak yeah. to that and, and, and being part of that. You know what? I mean, one of the one of the you talk about the history of bands in, in college. I mean, you talk about the Marching 100 is one of the best. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Chipman, Dr. Julie White. Um, shout out to my uh, section leader, Ralph. Uh, that was an amazing experience, man. It taught me a lot of discipline and it taught me brotherhood as well. You know, coming up with my freshman brothers, we've went through a lot and it just, man, that, that whole process taught me a lot. It taught me how to struggle. It taught me how to get over the struggle. Um, and not only was I was in the marching band, I was also in a dance crew, FAMU Strikers, who went off to do uh, uh, America's Best Dance Crew. Shout out to Mr. Shapiro Hardiman, the founder. Um, that also taught me rhythm. You know, they taught me how to dance. I didn't start dancing until college, and which is crazy. But I seen the ladies loving the guys on stage dancing. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, maybe I need to start dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I get on YouTube and I and I learned how to dance within a year, man. And and the rest has been history. Woody McLean joins us here on the program. You know what's interesting? You know, I think about Howard. You know, I think about Howard University, and you think and and I've talked like. I've talked, you know, you talk with Taraji P and Anthony Anderson and some of the, and th that there was a class that featured, you know, was Anthony Anderson, P Diddy, Taraji P, um, you know, Laz Alonzo, all in one class. And I'm looking now, I look at you, you know, Will Packer. There's so many others that really not coming to mind right now. Hey, but that Michelle. Are, yes, bunch of fam, you people. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. My guy Peyton on All American. Yes, yes. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so many, so many. And it's so dope to see, you know, everybody's out here doing their thing and representing. Yeah. So what does that mean to sort of be part of part of part of, you know, a fam, you alum and and all and to your point, all of these great actors and people in the industry that are doing their thing and that are fam, you alums. Man, it, it means everything to be in those conversations, you know, uh, I don't know, man, I, I just I. I really want to, I just want to be like my grandfather, you know, my growing up, my grandfather was the guy like, you know, he was a reverend, he was a radio host. He he was like damn near the mayor in South Carolina, you know, but just seeing my, my grandfather accomplish all these things. It's like, when I grow up, I want to be able to, you know what I mean? To have that kind of legacy as well. So fam, you being a part of that legacy, you know, New Edition being a part of that legacy, uh, Power, like all these amazing things have, have been truly a blessing, you know, and this was something that I was speaking when I was younger. And now it's just coming to to the front, man. No doubt. What, you know, what do you remember about your time at Florida A&M and what led you to attend the university? Uh, the movie, this little old movie that came out in theaters called Drumline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I seen Nick Cannon up there doing this thing. And mind you, I didn't I didn't want to go to school after high school. After I just wanted to go to a trade, you know what I mean, and, and do my thing. But seeing Drumline and seeing that experience they that they had, that's why movies are so important. Right? So I'm I'm being very selective and careful with the roles I play moving forward in my in my career because seeing Nick Cannon up there on that screen, I was like, damn, man, I, I really, I really, really want to go to college. So that changed my whole perspective about the entertainment and about like the educations and, and moving forward with music, like what I seen from Drumline. I don't know if I answered the question, but 
But yeah, yeah, drumline made me want to go yeah. to family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's all Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you remember most about the time there? Man, I, I remember. Man, I was in so I was a part of so many things. I was in images, model, and troop, strikers, in the marching band. But did you get classwork done? Did Woody? Did you get right, some classwork done? Right, that's what I'm saying. I was, <laughs> I was all about the arts, man. Which I was really fun. all about the arts. Yeah. But it's just, I, I feel like, I think it was the brotherhood and sisterhood I was able to have with my freshman brothers and sisters. That's that's like key because we're still friends to this day, you know. And and I've been adding them to my team as well. So that's been super super dope to have. No doubt about it. Hold the line for me one second. Woody, we're talking with actor Woody McClain here on the program. Let's step aside, take a break, come back with more of our conversation with actor Woody McClain. You got it locked to Box to Row. My back on the wall, now you gon' see Better watch how you talk when you talk about me Cause I'm coming for way many men Many, 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 many men Wish death on me, Lord, I don't cry no more Don't look to the sky no more Have mercy on me The old renaissance is the new renaissance Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. This segment of the program is brought to you by Live Natural. Live Natural offers men and women solutions to defeat erectile dysfunction and vaginal dryness. The newly developed Alpha Omega 7 reformulated from Alpha RX Plus, Fertility Candy, and Eve's Alpha 8. All natural products proven to be effective without side effects. Live Natural products come with a money-back guarantee and a 97% success rate. Learn more at live-natural.com. Dash seven dot com 
defeat erectile dysfunction and vaginal dryness, live natural. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. Welcome back to the program. Couple of last thoughts with Woody McClain. Of course, check him out each week. He plays the role of, of Kane. And uh, the season finale is next, begins next Friday. Yep, uh, of yep. course, one more uh, episode prior to the season finale uh, on this Friday on Stars. Um, as mm. a matter of fact, I, I read where the new edition story led you to where you are now and playing that role of Bobby Brown. Speak to how important that role and playing that role was to you and your career. Oh, my, that that started me off right there. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to uh, Miss Fatima Robinson. Uh, she had me play the dance double for the Bobby Brown and the Whitney Houston movie uh, directed by Angela Bassett. And being on that stage, I don't know, I kind of did my thing. And it was like, yo, you should get into acting. You know, two months later, Fatima, Fatima calls me like, hey, they have this project, the new audition story. I think you should audition to be Bobby Brown. I'm like, ah, I want to do the acting thing, but I don't want my first role to be somebody real. You know, I kind of want to build off my name. So people won't forget Woody, you know what I mean? And just won't, yeah. But she's like, no, this will be a great opportunity to get your foot in the door. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I was able to go audition. Um, and that whole experience was crazy. And nobody at the audition, the, the cool thing about that whole thing, nobody at that audition knew that I was a dance double for Bobby Brown. Wow. So I'm not a singer, but the other guys auditioning, they were singers. So they're up there doing their thing. And they're like, Woody, you got to show us something. And I'm like, the light bulb clicked. I was like, yo, can y'all play every little step? I can try to, I played it down all the way. I was like, I think I can try to do a little dance routine. It was like, sure. And when I tell you I blacked out, I I ended that dance routine like in my, my underwear is giving the producer like a lap dance or something like that. But that moment right there kind of, it, it allowed me, you know what I mean, to shine. And God put everything in my path to play that role. From the dancing in college, from music in college, from the voiceovers, from my social media with Kevin Hart, that allowed me to be to do the voiceovers to sing. So all those things lined up perfectly, and the rest has been history. And then you're reprising the role in the Bobby Brown story. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. Uh, Bobby said, "Listen, Woody, I don't care what you do after this, but you got to do this movie." <laughs> you know, and and we were able to spend spend like a month together and just talk about his life. And Bobby has really, Mr. Bobby Brown has really became like an uncle. To me, I just was able to see him in New Jersey at the New Edition concert. So that was crazy. That was amazing. Like these guys do not miss the set, man. But I, I, I owe my whole entire career to New Edition. And it, is there anything you can share about the next season of a Power Book? Of season four? Yes. I don't even know if I'm gonna make it out of season three. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sports, man. Are you a, are you a big sports fan? Man, honestly, acting world has took over everything. I've kind of like just like been diving deep into into acting and the entertainment side. But I have to get back onto my sports, man. I'm a, I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan. Okay. You know, you know, huge LeBron fan. Like anywhere there was to go, I go. So like that's just been my mentality. The Lakers are in it with Denver. Got got a fight with D Denver on their hands. Absolutely, I'm excited. I need LeBron to get that that ring. Yeah, so he had I that. need to get another one. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he can he can make it five for his career. Yeah, and then, you know, exactly. yeah, I mean, in the Lakers, I mean, they got a shot. They got they got a shot. Okay. You believe that? You believe that? I, I, your voice went higher. So no. they say when your voice go high like that, you know, that's why I said they got a shot. Now I'm not saying okay. I actually think Denver's going to win, but the Lakers have a shot. Okay, I take that. I take that. I take that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, again, he plays the role of Lorenzo Kane Tejada Jr., Power Book 2 Ghost. Check him out. The season finale is next week. But, of course, there's an episode this week on Stars. He is Woody McClain. He joins us here on Box to Row and Radio Boss. Woody, really appreciate you doing this. Appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. Woody McClain joining us here on the program. If you want to react to anything that Woody McClain had to say, hit us up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W. Speaking about the Lakers, we were talking a little LeBron James and the Lakers, the Lakers down. Oh, two going back to, to LA or going back to LA or going to LA, I should say. And of course the old saying goes, the series doesn't begin until the until a team wins a road game. So Denver did what it was supposed to do. But, you know, I look at I look at the Lakers and the Lakers had many opportunities. I mean, in the first game, got down early, got down by a lot early, came back, came back fourth quarter, twice, pulled to within three, couldn't close it out. And then you say, okay, well. Uh, the Lakers, in the, that was the whole narrative. Well, the Lakers got to feel pretty good, able to come back, close it to three, didn't get off to the good start, the altitude, so on and so forth. Well, the Lakers controlled game two for the most part, at least up until part of the third quarter. And then uh, Denver just kind of stuck or hung around. And what was happening was Denver – would get down by 9, 10 points, come back, make a run. Then the Lakers would make their run, and it was a game of runs for a moment. But in the fourth quarter, Jamal Murray was absolutely on fire for, for Denver. He had 23 points in the quarter. And this was a guy, I mean, he, now he had, I think it was 14 points that he had in the first half, but it was a quiet 14. He was 3 of 13 from the field, but he was able to do some other things. He was able to uh, to get some rebounds, get some guys involved in the game. Meanwhile, the Joker, who had a dominating game overall in game one and then had a real dominating first half, um, wasn't as dominant in the first half, but was good enough. And he had another really good game. And, you know, I've really been able to watch the Joker play a lot here in the last couple of weeks with the playoffs. This guy can play. I mean, one of the things that I really like about him is he can snatch a rebound down and go and has the ability to handle a ball on the fast break like a guard, get up the court. He's not slow when he's getting the ball like like a, a most centers are if they're dribbling the ball up the court. He gets the ball, he goes, he's able to run the break, and you can see why he's able to get as many assists as he's able to get per game. I really thought, and again, I look at Hachimura. This guy has been absolutely tremendous. He was key in the first half, kind of uh, kept the Lakers around. I think the Lakers had like 53 points in the first half, of which 
Hachimura had like 17 of those points, and he had a solid second half. I thought his defense was was solid. I I I, I liked what the Lakers were able to do defensively for about two and a half quarters. But again, that fourth quarter was a detriment, particularly because of Jamal Murray. And I mean, he was hitting shots. He was hitting three pointers that started off like five for five from, from, uh, from the field. I think four of those were like three pointers there in the fourth quarter, hand in his face, LeBron trying to check him, even AD trying to check him his one shot. He just pulled right up in AD's face to go up four. And I thought that was the, the real turning point in the fourth quarter, that step back three that made the score 87 to 83 Denver. Because you looked at the Nuggets and they were kind of hanging around. Then the Lakers would go up two, the Nuggets would tie. And then finally the Nuggets able to get over the hump would go up, you know, go up one, then they would trade baskets. But when the Nuggets were up one, and with about eight minutes remaining, it was a step back three over Davis that was huge. And I thought that was really big. You know, some of the shot selection I thought in the fourth quarter by LeBron James, I mean, I think by that point he was tired because he missed like he took what I felt were three straight ill-advised three-pointers there in the fourth quarter. You look, you can look at his body language in the fourth. By the time the fourth quarter had come around, LeBron James, you know, he's not in his early 30s anymore. You talk about the high altitude, which played a bit of, I think, a bit of a factor. Not, I don't want to use that as a crutch for the Lakers, but I think when you're LeBron James and you're in your upper 30s and you're playing in that altitude, it's already, you're already in your upper 30s. You add the altitude, that makes it a, you know, that makes it more of a challenge. And I think that was a challenge because, uh, LeBron didn't play well in the second half. And Anthony Davis just disappeared. I mean, here's a guy that closed the season out really, really well after a, a, a really not a great first season or first part of the season at all. A lot of that really due to injury. And he's literally been game one, great game two, not so much game three. And it's been like this throughout the course of the playoffs, 40 and 10 in the first game and then I don't know I don't have the numbers in front of me um but he he didn't he didn't play well it, it, you know matter of fact while we're why while we're talking I'm gonna look those numbers up but he didn't play well at all in the second I mean it, it didn't play well in the second half at all Anthony Davis had 18 points now he hit a couple of shots in the fourth that sort of kept kept things close as a matter of fact the, the Lakers had pulled I think in the fourth quarter after a 12-point lead that the Nuggets had, led by as many as 12 points, the Lakers pulled to like within two points. And, and again, just like in game one, could not get over the hump. Anthony Davis, 18 points on and 14 rebounds, but he didn't shoot the ball well. I mean, I thought Austin Reeves played relatively well, uh, but it was really Hachimura that kept the Lakers in the game. LeBron James, 22 points, 10 assists. Nine rebounds was not enough. You look at that series 2-0, uh, I think Miami's in good position against uh, the Celtics as we now, uh, uh, that series is going to shift now to Miami. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Cat Tarvin, the head softball coach at North Carolina Central, Jose Vasquez, the head baseball coach at Alabama State, 
and actor Woody McLean for joining us today on the program. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. What is it doing in here? The police man on this